Thanks for checking out this message from Radiant Life Church. Grab your Bible and a pad of paper and a pen. Let's dive in. Well, if you don't know who I am, I'm Pam Carey, Connections Pastor here at Radiant Life. And... Oh. Hey, Gary. (laughs) And uh, we are in our second week of the uh, message series, Everyday Disciple. Last week, Pastor Ryan kicked it off, and he um, introduced the four characteristics of an everyday disciple, which is spirit-led follower, force for good, purposeful friend, and humble leader. And last week, he introduced, um, he talked about, he dove into spirit-led follower, and that is seeking to obey and follow Jesus as we are transformed through the filling and empowerment of the Holy Spirit and the saturation of the Word. That's letting Holy Spirit work in and through us to have an impact on this world, to obey him and, and follow him as he leads us and guides us. And it's being saturated in the word, knowing our heavenly father, having an intimate relationship with him. So today we're going to talk about being a force for good. This is having kingdom impact where we live, work, and play. As an everyday disciple, we're to have kingdom impact where our regular rhythms of life take us. At work, at school, at the grocery store, at an athletic event, whatever our hobbies might be, wherever we normally find ourselves, that's where we're to have kingdom impact. That's where we're to be a force for good. It's ingrained into who we are. It's not something that we're like, oh, I need to check this off the bo- uh, uh, check the box today for that. It's ingrained into who we are. It's part of who we are, and it flows out of our love for our Heavenly Father, that intimate relationship that we have with Him. So when we say force for good, what does that really mean? Let's look at the definitions here. Force is the powerful effect of something. And it's not by our own strength, but it's through the empowerment of Holy Spirit, and it's fueled by our love for Christ. It's not by our own strength. Acts 1.8 says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And so the good news is that we can relax a little bit because it's not fully dependent on us, right? God gives us the empowerment to be a force for good in this world. However, we have to be available and obedient and allow him to use us to be a force for good. Okay? So he gives us the power, but we have to be available to him and allow him to use us. What does good mean? Kalos in Greek means excellent, useful, genuine, commendable, admirable, honorable, affecting the mind agreeably, comforting, praiseworthy, confirming, morally good, and noble. Lots of English words for one Greek word. Hopefully you guys get the idea. A force for good. We want to allow God to work through us to have a powerful effect on others in this world in a way that is excellent, comforting, praiseworthy, morally good, noble, commendable, admirable. We want to be a force for good in this world. The scripture that we're really going to dig into today, I'm going to introduce it now and then later on we're going to dig further into it, is Matthew 5, 13 through 16. So if you have your paper Bibles or electronic Bibles and you want to jump there, This is, um, Jesus is speaking here as he's giving the Sermon on the Mount and he's talking to his disciples, his learners, us, right? We're his disciples, we're his learners. 
His teaching here is focused on living a life that is pleasing to God, but he's also talking about Christian discipleship, characteristics of a Christian disciple. So Matthew 5, 13 through 16 says, you are the salt of the earth, but if the salt should lose its taste, how can it be made salty? It's no longer good for anything but to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. It goes on to say, you are the light of the world. A city situated on a hill cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and puts it under a basket, but rather on a lampstand and it gives light for all who are in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. Let's pause. Good works. We don't earn our way into heaven by good works. Our eternity, our salvation is a gift that we receive from our heavenly father when we put our faith and trust into Jesus as our Lord and Savior. Good works flow out of our intimate, loving relationship with him. The fruit of our lives, we want to honor and glorify him and be a force for good. What do other people see when they look at our lives? And it's so that we may give glory to God our Father in heaven. It's not for our own glory. It's not for our own benefit. It's not to lift us up or to elevate us or to make us look good. Everything that we do is to honor and glorify our heavenly Father. We are to be the salt and light to a dark and tasteless world. We live in a world that's broken. We live in a world that's looking for hope. And Jesus is the hope and the light of this world. And we're called to be his image bearers. We're to reflect the image of God to the world around us. We currently live in a post-Christian culture that is becoming increasingly repulsed by Christianity. And that's, that's not a fun statement to say. Christianity is no longer the assumed belief system that we have. Years ago, when I was growing up, you just assumed if you didn't know what somebody's faith was, you assumed that they were a Christian. And that's just not the case anymore. In addition, people are becoming increasingly repulsed by Christianity. They're being turned away from it. And it's not because of God, but it's because of what they're seeing in the lives of Christians and how we're living our lives and how we're reflecting his image and his love to other people. And it may not be true for all of us, but I know I can certainly do better in this area where I live, work, and play. I mess up sometimes. I know we all do. And God gives us grace for that, and and he forgives us, and he loves us. But we are here on this earth to give him glory and honor by the way that we live our lives and to have kingdom impact. So here's a statistic for you. There was a Gallup study done, and in 2001, 61% of those that were surveyed believed Christianity to be a positive force in this world. That alone right there is not a real impressive statistic, but it's... It's better than what we get 20 years later. 2021, 37% of those polled believed Christianity to be a positive force in this world. The staggering part of that, 36% of those that were polled were Christians. So, <laughs> those who believed that Christians were a positive force in this world, they were mainly, Christi- or they were mainly Christians. Only 1% were not Christians. During times such as crisis and pandemics and all of that, something that we just went through, in the past, Christianity was looked to as a positive force 
to make steps, to make advancements, to step up and help. That's where hospitals came from. During the pandemic, the Christians stepped up. Hospitals were birthed out of that. And right now, we live in a time that's very lonely, very isolated, hopeless, more than ever before. And that they're looking for someone in this world that can reflect the hope and the love of Christ to them. People are looking for meaningful and positive interactions in this world, face-to-face interactions with other people. And based on these statistics, it seems like maybe we have a little bit of mission drift here. Maybe we've drifted a little bit from our mission and our purpose and our calling that God has given us here on this earth. We need to refocus. We need to focus on what God wants us to do here on this earth. Pastor Ryan brought up a few weeks ago that our primary purpose is to glorify God by being a disciple maker. We are put on this earth at this exact time in this exact location, wherever you are finding yourselves, for a reason. It's not by accident that we are where we are, that we're existing on this earth right now. We are here for God's glory and for his purpose. And our faith is not meant to keep to ourselves. Yes, there's, a, there's that intimate, private aspect of our faith that we have, But then we have to go out and share that with the world, with the lost and broken world. Another reminder from another one of our pastors, Pastor Josh, a couple weeks ago. We have to be disciples before we can make disciples. We can't just be consumers, though. We can't just stay in the being. We have to then go out and we have to make disciples. We have to be contributors to this world be a force for good, have kingdom impact. But we have to be spirit-led as we do that. We have to walk in step with Holy Spirit. We have to seek Holy Spirit out. What do you want me to do today? We should start our day asking God, what do you want me to do today? Not my plans, but your plans, God. Interrupt my life for you. We went to a conference recently, and I, something that one of the speakers said, I don't know if it was in a breakout session or whatever, but they said that we, the church, not, not like just this building, the church, the people, we are the church, all of us. We have to be a moving force in this world. Not just stand still, wait and see what happens. We have to be a force for good. We have to have kingdom impact on this world for the honor and glory of our Heavenly Father. Again, our primary purpose is to glorify God by being a disciple maker. And so I want to address something because I know some of us are sitting here thinking, well, I can't really make an impact. You know, I'm not on stage. And that's, this is a small piece. This is just a small piece. We have kingdom impact when we go out from this church and we interact with the world where we live, work, and play. Romans 12, 4 through 5 says, Now, as we have many parts in one body, and all the parts do not have the same function, in the same way, we who are many are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. We all are uniquely made by our Heavenly Father to play a part in the body of Christ. When we don't function in the roles and the giftings that God has given us, we have an unhealthy body. We're not going to be effective for God's kingdom the way he wants us to be effective for his kingdom. So I encourage you, ask God, reveal to me what my gifts are. Reveal to me the way that you want to use me. 
You know, we also have something called Discover Purpose going on. It goes on right now. And we have these experiences that you can come to. Um, next Steps, Discover Purpose, where you can learn your next steps. You can learn about maybe the way that you're gifted and called, the strengths that you have. And it looks different in everybody. But I encourage you to seek out Holy Spirit to reveal to you the way that God wants to use you here on this earth right now. Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared ahead of time for us to do. God had a purpose for us while we were still in our mother's womb. Before we were even conceived, he knew about us. He had a plan for us. He knew how he was going to uniquely make us and gift us so that he can use us for his plans and for his purposes. And we're his workmanship. We need to embrace the way that God made us so that he can use us effectively for his plan and not ours. You know, I was doing the message and I was like, man, who are we to question the way that God made us? He has a plan and a purpose for each and every one of us and all of our giftings and all of our abilities look different from the person sitting next to us. But that's God's design because we come together as one body to be a force for good and to have kingdom impact. So let us honor God and bless others with the uniqueness of who we are and how God designed us. Let's lean into that. Let's trust. Let's obey him as he's calling us further and further into the, the plan and the purpose that he has for our lives. Let's get excited to see how he wants to use us. Genesis 1:27a says, "God created man in his own image. He created him in the image of God. We are God's image bearers. We are to reflect the character of God to others. We're his plan A. We're his he, we're his chosen people. He desires to use us in his plan. God is the light of this world. He's our light. And as reflectors, as image bearers, we need to reflect that light that God is shining on us and filling us with onto the world. We need to reflect his hope and his love and his faithfulness and his goodness to those around us where we live, work, and play. So just for a moment, just take a look at this. And you can see how the water is reflecting the beauty around it. Seems like a pretty nice place to be right now. <laughs> Would you guys, just for a moment, close your eyes. I'm not going to have you do anything weird. I just want you to envision right now God's shining, glorious, warm face smiling on you. He is delighted in you. He is pleased with you. He loves you. And as we receive the warmth and the light of his smiling face on us, Let's envision that just reflecting off of us onto the people that are around us that we encounter on a daily basis, even if we don't know them. Let's overflow with his light and his love and his joy. You can open your eyes. Let's be an extension of God's beauty, love, and hope to this world where we live, work, and play. Let's be looking for opportunities to share the love of Jesus with other people. And I don't mean like, hey, do you know Jesus is your Lord and Savior? And, you know, that sort of thing, which is great. But just in the way that we interact with people and we treat them and we talk to them and we smile at them 
And we're going to have bad days. Yep, that's going to happen. But let's, as much as we can, within our control, be an extension of God's beauty, love, and hope to this world. At the conference that we went to, one of the speakers said that God is best seen through his people. People fail to see God at work in this world because we have failed to be his image bearers. Out of our love for Christ, goodness should flow from us to others. God's love should flow through us onto others that we interact with. The world sees the goodness and love of God through his people and the fruit that we display. What fruit are we displaying in our lives? What do others see in us? Do they see this beautiful fruit, flavorful fruit? Do they, or do they see this bitter sour fruit. If we take a step back and look at our lives, what fruit are we bearing? What fruit do other people see? All right, let's jump back into that scripture that um, I introduced at the beginning. It says, you are the salt of the earth, but if the salt should lose its taste, how can it be made salty? It's no longer good for anything but to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. What does it mean to be the salt of the earth as disciples of Jesus? Back in Jesus' day, salt was a rare commodity. It was precious. We are precious to God. We are his plan. We are his chosen people. He delights in you and I. He uniquely made us and created us and gifted us because he wants to use us. He wants to join with us to have kingdom impact. Salt also can be a preservative. As disciples of Jesus, we need to have a preserving influence in a dying and decaying world. There are people that are going to spend eternity away from God, away from us as we are in heaven. We need to have an urgency in our hearts to reach the lost, to have kingdom impact. Christians can be used, as God, used by God as a life-saving element to this world dying and decaying. We need to be that life-saving, preserving influence. Salt also pulls out the full flavor of things. All right. How many of you love salt? Okay. I asked this question during first service. How many of you love to use ketchup to salt your food like steak? Thank you, Kevin. Anybody else? Thank you. Yes, I got, I got some supporters on that one. I think I use ketchup because I like, to, I like to salt my food. That's what I'm going to say, especially my steak. All right, so salt pulls out the full flavor of food. Our lives can draw out the good in the world. Godly living salts the earth, and it invites people in to taste and see that the Lord is good. Our lives can salt the earth and invite people in to taste and see that the Lord is good. Salt also tends to create thirst if we have too much of it. As disciples, we need to create a thirst for God in the lives of others. By the way that we live and by the way that we love, people will be like, I wonder what's so different in their life. Why do they have the joy in the midst of these circumstances? Why do they love the way that they do? Let's create a thirst in them that they want to know the Jesus that we know, our loving Heavenly Father. 
Let's create the thirst in others by the way that we live our lives so that they want to seek out a relationship with our Heavenly Father. Let's not lose our saltiness. We have to remain useful for God to use here on this earth. We are here for a purpose, for his kingdom. I'm going to show you this really modern car. My brother used to have, my brothers used to have a car that was similar to this. It was blue and his name was Howard. But this car has seen better days and it looks like maybe some salt. They live in Michigan. Some salt has gotten to this car. And while salt can be used to preserve things, it can also have a destructive effect on them. And as the salt and the light, as, as the salt of the earth, we can be a force for good or we can be a force for destruction. How are we living our lives? What, what impact are we having on the earth, on the world, on the people around us? Are we being a force for good? We need to add some good flavor to this earth and we need to glorify God in the process. We need to salt the earth, bring out its full flavor, create thirst in others to seek out a relationship with Jesus. All right, moving on in that scripture. It says, you are the light of the world. A city situated on a hill cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and puts it under a basket, but rather on a lampstand. And it gives light for all who are in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. We not only receive the light from our heavenly Father, but we have a responsibility to reflect that light, to give that light to the world and to those around us, a world full of darkness. We are his image bearers. We are beacons of light We need to draw people's attention to Jesus in a way that honors and glorifies him by the way that we live. And just as a lampstand, like it says here, the lampstand provides light for the the house. The lampstand is put strategically up on a table so that it lights the whole house. We need to be strategic and we need to be intentional with the way that we live our lives and we spend our time and we interact with others so that we can shine light onto this world. We weren't meant to live our faith unseen. Again, there's that private aspect of it. We have that intimate relationship with our Heavenly Father, but then we need to go out and we need to be a light to this world. We are meant to be a positive force in this world. And what's really cool about this uh, passage of Scripture, it doesn't say that you have to work to become the salt and light. It says you are the salt and light. Are we going to allow God to use us Are we going to be available to him to use us? You know, just like salt can be destructive, we have options with this light. We can hide it. We can keep it to ourselves. We can hide it under the basket, hide it under the bushel or whatever it's called. That little song that we sang growing up. We can hide the light. We can keep it to ourselves. Or we can can turn around and we can reflect that light to other people. Let's be an extension of God's beauty, his hope, his love for this world, and let's reflect that onto the world and those that are around us. Let's be life-preserving, flavor-enhancing, thirst-producing thousand-watt bulbs where we live, work, and play. Let's salt and light to this world. Again, we're called to be that to a dark and tasteless world. They're looking for hope. They're looking for meaningful interactions. They're looking for the love of Jesus. Let's be his image bearers to this world. 
Going further into scripture, 1 Peter 4, 10 through 11 says, Just as each one has received a gift, use it to serve others as good stewards of the varied grace of God. Stop there. Gift. We have received this from our Heavenly Father without any merit or effort of our own. The gifts that he's given us to serve him, the abilities and the skills. We've not done anything to earn those. He has given those to us as a gift. We are to use them to serve others. It's not just for our benefit alone, but it's for the benefit of those that are around us. It's for the honor and glory of God to point others back to him. And we need to be good stewards with it. God gave us this gift. Let's not waste that gift. Let's allow him to work in and through us to impact others, to bring others to Jesus so that they can know him and spend eternity with him. And it's by the grace of God that we get these, the very grace of God. He pours out the gifts upon each of us in different measure. It looks different, but these are gifts And as receivers of the gifts, we need to allow God to use them in us to impact the world around us. He pours out his grace upon us, and it's not meant for our benefit alone, but for the benefit of God and others, for his kingdom, for his glory. It goes on further to say, if anyone speaks, let it be as one who speaks God's words. If anyone serves, let it be from the strength God provides, so that, there that is again, so that, God may be glorified, not us, but God, through Jesus Christ in everything. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. Let us serve God in a way that is honoring to him. And we can only serve him, and we can only be an impact on this world because of the empowerment of Holy Spirit living inside of us. Let's lean into that. God is not looking for ability. He is looking for availability. I know a lot of times, like I said earlier, we tend to discount the way that God made us, the uniqueness that we have. He is just looking for us to be available, to be obedient, to be open to allowing him to use us in whatever way that looks like. And during first service, one of the songs that came to me, you know, because I was nervous about coming up and speaking in front of everybody, And, you know, I heard, like, why are you so afraid? And then fear of man, that impression came on me. We fear man more than we fear God a lot of the time. Fear of God is a reverence and awe for him. But sometimes we let the fear of man overrule that, and we don't allow him to use us in the way that he wants to use us. We don't allow him, we don't follow his calling and his leading because we're afraid of what other people are going to think they're going to think we're weird. Well, we are. I mean, we don't live like the world lives. I mean, we're all weird too. Like, let's be, let's all just live into our weirdness because we're all weird in our own ways. <laughs> but we don't look like the world. So we're going to be weird to the world by their definition. But let's not fear man and keep it from allowing us or allowing God to use us. Don't let that be a hindrance in our lives. Let's not stay stuck in comparison mode either. I don't have that gift, so I can't serve in this way. You know, we, that's just what we tend to do. We tend to compare ourselves to other people. But God made each and every one of us unique, and he wants to use each and every one of us. 
God created us exactly as we need to be to fulfill the purpose and calling he has on our lives. We each have a unique purpose and calling in our lives. I encourage you to lean into that, to seek God out, to open your eyes to the ways that he's uniquely made you and ask him for that bold, courageous obedience to follow his leading wherever he might take you. We may not feel qualified for the calling on our lives, but he will empower us to do what he has called us to do. And I challenge you to see just what one act of obedience can do in this world. We have this ripple effect that you see here, and it's the continuing and spreading result of an action. Just that one tiny little pebble rock in the water and you have this huge ripple effect and the ripples continue to go even until we can't see them anymore and we may not know the impact that that one act of obedience has on somebody and we don't have to know that because it's for God's glory and for his honor we're just called to walk in obedience and to allow him to use us to be a force for good and whatever that ripple effect looks like we leave it to him We allow him to use it. Chris Conrad has said, and you've heard it before, God's work in our lives is for his glory, our joy, and for the benefit of others. We do get joy out of serving God. We get joy when when he uses us. And that's awesome. And he wants us to experience that joy. But ultimately, it's to honor him and it's to benefit others to bring the good news of Jesus to a lost and broken world. They are looking for hope that only he can provide. 1 John 4, 7 through 8 says, Dear friends, let us love one another because love is from God. And everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. The one who does not love does not know God because God is love. To know Jesus is to love him and everything about him. And out of this love, our desire to be obedient to his commands springs forth. We have to have that intimate relationship with our heavenly father. We have to know him, his character, who he is. We have to spend time alone with him, digging into his word so that we can reflect the character and the image of God to others. Out of that intimate and loving relationship with our heavenly father, flows love and hope onto other people that are around us. People experience Jesus by the work of Holy Spirit through us. Allow Holy Spirit to work in and through us to have kingdom impact, to be a force for good. The world sees the goodness and love of God through his people and the fruit that they display. Is my life a force for good? Am I making kingdom impact? What fruit am I producing in my life? I want to leave you with three questions here. Am I allowing Holy Spirit space to interrupt my plans for his? Am I making myself available to God for God to use me? Am I starting my day off seeking him? Lord, not my will, but yours. Not my plans, but yours. Use me today. Allow me to be interrupted for your plans. Can I stop in my busy day and take five minutes to talk to somebody because I'm feeling prompted that they could just use a conversation in that moment to help someone pick something up, 
to help someone get something off of the shelf, whatever it might be. You know, kids, you're out at recess and somebody is by themselves. Go talk to them, invite people in. We love to be invited into community, right? How can we be a force for good where we live, work, and play? How am I living out my God-given calling? Some of you are probably like, I don't know what it is, right? Well, we do know that we're called to glorify God and make disciples. We do know that we're here for that. Beyond that, if we're not sure what our gifts and our abilities are that God has given us and wants us wants to use, seek him out and ask him to reveal that to you. Pay attention to the way that people are encouraging you, those words of encouragement. I know along my journey, I've had words of encouragement spoken to me, and it's like confirmation, like, okay, I, I am hearing God correctly. I am on the right path with this. I am following his lead. Like I said, we have to discover purpose, next steps, all of these resources. There's resources out there, tests you can take, all of that. But first and foremost, spend time alone with God and ask him, reveal to me, what calling do you have on my life? How do you want to use me where I live, work, and play? And lastly, am I leaving a legacy that matters? It's really cool to leave material things to our kids, to our family, to, you know, God has blessed people with that. He gives us blessings to enjoy. Well, what matters more than that legacy of material things is the legacy that we're leaving with the impact that we made on God's kingdom while we were here. That's the legacy that we want to leave. Was I a force for good? Did I have kingdom impact? Did my life matter for God's kingdom while I was here? We are called to be salt and light to a dark and tasteless world. And I encourage you and I challenge you, go out from here looking for ways that you can be salt and light to a dark and tasteless world. Thanks for listening to this message from Radiant Life Church. To get to know us better, check out theradiantlife.church. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram.